Okay, that's me talking. Let's hear you talk a little, man. See how the sound is. Okay. Well, sounds loud enough, I think. Do, do, do. I'm just start. Okay, so uh, is your name Wayne Key? Are you in the Key family? I'm actually a stepson of Gordon's, and my name's Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams. Okay, Gordon yeah. Key. All right. And it's called Key Family Fruit? Yep, Key Family Fruit Farms. All right. So I'm talking with Wayne Gordons from the Key Family Fruit Farms. No, Wayne Williams. Wayne Williams, okay. Yeah, uh, Gordon Key is my stepdad. Gordon Key, yeah, I'm getting it now. <laughs> I'm making notes. Okay, I'm talking with All right, I'm talking with Wayne Williams of the Key Family Fruit Farm. Wayne. Welcome to the Local Food Roundup. Um, Thank you. I don't know. Where is your farm located at? Well, we're over here in Milton Freewater, Oregon. It's kind of right on the border of Oregon, Washington, close to Walla Walla. Okay, and I saw you at the Moscow Farmer's Market. Uh, how far away is that? Um, I'm not sure what the exact mileage is on the drive, but uh, it takes us about two and a half hours to get there. Okay, and I think the limit, the limit for the Moscow Farmers Market is 150 miles. I believe so. Okay, so you guys are are that local at least. Right. And uh, where you go to some other markets? Where else do you go? Uh, some other markets we go to um, is the Walla Walla Farmers Market, which is obviously the the closest besides Milton Freewater Farmers Market to us. That'd be the closest is right here in town. Um, those are one on a Saturday, one on a Wednesday. And then we also go to um, Legrand and Baker. Those are those are two of the end Pendletons. Those are the three of the main ones. We also attend uh, Hermiston every once in a while. All right. And you were saying you used to actually go all the way to Portland, too. Yeah, well, we used to go um, over to... Uh, Hillsboro Farmer's Market, which is, yeah, basically Hillsboro, Portland area there. Wow. So you must have a big crew to hit all these markets. It's actually smaller than you might think. We, uh, It's pretty much a farm. It's operated by the family, mostly. I mean, we have some other people that we hire on to come help uh, with the picking and, you know, with pruning and stuff like that. But there's really um, the people that attend markets is mostly family. It's my mom and my stepdad and myself uh brother and uh usually there's always one of us that are that are present at the markets okay at least one of us and then maybe some hired help too mm -hmm. you guys sound like a kind of a regional powerhouse well how many acres do you farm there uh we're sitting on about uh close to 11 acres of of just uh, tree, just orchard farms. Okay, and that's all trees. Do you grow any other crops? Uh, we have a small greenhouse going, but it's basically we, we bring um, cucumbers and stuff like that to the market, basically just cucumbers primarily to the market. We grow some stuff for ourselves, some melons and whatnot. Okay. Green beans. <laughs> so you got a little bit of a garden for y'all and then lots and lots of fruit. What kinds of fruit do you grow? Uh, we grow all stone fruit is what we grow. We grow peaches, uh, nectarines, 
a few different varieties of nectarines, apricots. We also have some um, genetically modified fruit. We grow apriums, which is 75% apricot and 25% plum. And another one is uh, called the pluot, which is the opposite of that. It's 75% plum, 25% apricot. Hmm. And we grow about nine different varieties of plums, uh, three different varieties of apricot. I can't remember. I want to say it's like eight different varieties of peaches. So you have a long yeah. season for all these fruits. Yeah, we our mark is usually on the September first to fifth, somewhere in there. That's when we're done harvesting. So we've already begun harvest a month ago, almost now. And we go clear through picking fruit until September. And it's all stone fruit. All stone fruit. Huh. And do you, where do oh, you... sorry. We do grow blackberries as well. A lot of blackberries. I'm actually standing in the blackberries right now. <laughs> oh, oh, nice. Are they ripe yet? No, they're they're just red. But I was just fixing some sprinklers. Okay. And everything there has got to be irrigated, right? It's kind of dry. Everything was what, what was that? Is everything there irrigated? I mean, your climate's oh, really yeah. dry. Yeah, it's all irrigated. We're, we're all in the, in the pipes for sprinklers. Kind of a never-ending job, this farming thing. Keeps you busy, sounds like. And so, so just the fruit, I mean, that's just the picking is May through September. Right, yeah, the end of May, exactly this year it was. Anyways, sometimes they, they go a little bit later on we'll have the first of june-ish kind of start picking but it was about the last week of may this year when we started picking the uh, atrium right so you're in a different whole climate from here really right even though yeah it's kind of local 120 130 miles maybe yeah um yeah the walla walla valley is where we're we're sitting at here and is this uh i mean you're saying it's full-time work is this full-time for the whole family then? I mean, this is kind of your employment. This is it, right? Um, this time of year, yeah. It's actually a full-time seasonal job, if that makes sense. Uh, for this, uh, like I said, it actually started before May, before the picking, where, of course, we had to prune the trees. Then we had to thin the fruit off the trees. And, you know, you, you got your spraying to do. You got your uh, weeds to spray down and you got the trees themselves need to spray on them to keep the bugs off and whatnot and then there's also um fixing sprinklers and uh that's where i'm at right now walking around the orchard in the berry patch fixing sprinklers all the time so it starts way before the picking does but it's a full-time job once i get going until the end of september and then there's also the markets that carry on thereafter until usually the end of October for a lot of them. All right, so you get a few months off in the winter, basically, early spring. Right, well, yeah, I guess you could say I get it off, but <laughs> I wish I got it off, but now I'm usually pretty busy all year round, but uh, for the farming part, yeah. Yeah, yep. you get to go do something else for a little while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Huh. And so the whole family's out there working it? I mean, you gave a list to all the people, and that's that's what they're doing. Plus, you're hiring people to do it, too. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, it's not our, it's not our whole, not all my brothers. Uh, I only have brothers, no sisters, but not all of us are here doing the farming thing. But my mom is all the time. 
and Gordon, those are primarily the people who are who are kind of running the show, I guess you could say, as far as the people who point the fingers to go do the work, that you go to them and they point the way. <laughs> and then there's my step grandfather, which is Daryl Key. He's the one who established the farm. Uh, and so he's also around. He's kind of he comes around on his golf cart. He's now 93 years old, but he's still mobile, and he comes out here on his golf cart and stuff and attends the picking, you know, kind of funny. Kind of keeps an eye on all you young ones. Make sure you're yeah, doing it right. Yeah, in line. <laughs> okay. So he started, how long has the farm been running then? Uh, Daryl's been farming. He started these trees. Actually, he started with just blackberries and raspberries, from my understanding. But he started that probably 60 years ago. Wow. So it's been quite some time. The farm's been running. So the farm, I mean, it sounds like a real going concern. Are you guys, um, are you expanding it, adding new stuff? I guess you got aprians and pluots. They can't be too old. No, um, it's funny. I'm, I just made it around to the pluot trees. Actually, the earliest ones were just, they're just starting to turn and get ripe. Uh, but no, they're a, they're a fairly new crop, I mean, in general. But uh, especially to this area, we're the only ones who, who grow them that I know of within probably a hundred miles of us um, and they're probably I think these trees here are about 10 years old maybe 11 years old okay so they're in full production though oh oh yeah yeah they're they're tall trees I mean they're about a full grown as you want them to get before you start having to top them uh-huh and is are you planting new trees kind of cycling stuff yeah. through I mean 60 years yeah well we're, I mean, we're not really expanding as far as buying ground or anything yet, but we're still filling up that, that acreage I mentioned previously. We're, uh, we've got a little more room for growth inside this property, and we did have uh, plantings last year and the year before last, so we've got some, some little young trees, so they'll still be, you know, having lots of room to grow. They're just putting off fruit this year. I've seen some, uh, some plums and some peaches. Huh. And uh, so once you fill up that ground, you might actually get some new ground and work on that then, huh? Yeah, it's a possibility. I mean, at this point, we will start having to find some other, uh, some more, I should say not other, but some more options for uh, distributing fruit. Uh, we have some school contracts that we do, which is a great thing, school to farm program. Um, and that's kind of local schools here around the area. And then there's the farmer's markets, and right now those are our two main, you know, sales for getting our fruit out there and selling it, so. Huh, and then you were saying you sell a little bit to the neighbors, just a little, though. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, sure, we're open for, for sales to the public uh, every day uh, here at the farm, so that anybody can stop by and, and say, we don't have a fruit stand, but uh, it's just kind of word-of-mouth advertised, but there's lots of people who do come People who come year after year, of course, and then some newcomers also. Yeah, and it sounds like you guys, so you got energy. You want to expand the farm. I mean, you want it to make more money. You want to have more sales, more different places. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to, so hard to come ahead, come out ahead in the end on farming. It's crazy. I mean, how much money you put into this, and to see it not come out ahead is kind of, 
well, the last few years, it's been a marginal. It's been real close, you know, to coming out ahead, but there's always some overhead. That, you, know, you have your trucks that you're hauling with that take care of and license and and all the overhead that comes in with the spraying, the payout for the labor and everything. So it's really an even deal when it comes down to it. You're doing it for the love of farming, I guess. <laughs> huh. So do you think you're able to live off the money you make, of course, and uh, not a whole lot more. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're not saving up a whole lot. Right. Of course, you got a lot of capital in the trees. I mean, you got young trees getting bigger. Yeah, yeah. Covering more ground. So you think, I mean, is that the way you're going to kind of get out of that? You hope is is if you get more land, more trees, more trees producing and refine your production. Uh, right, yeah. Then, every year it seems that, you know, you, you shoot for a goal every year to, to, uh, to do something better, you know, and if you can keep establishing your goal year after year, then in five years from now, you're now establishing all five goals year after year. You got to hope that you're you're producing something in, in either better product or you know more sales or whatever, so that you can actually start to win the game. <laughs> oh, okay. So you know, selling at the at the farmers market that's retail, so you get a you get a higher price, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. Well, yeah. But then you got to sit there, you got to drive a truck there, you got to do. Right, there's the yearly market um, membership fees, and then there's the space fees per market for for attending the market to sell your stuff. Um, and there's some other things that go into some of it. There's an insurance policy you have to uphold uh, to participate in some of the markets, which we already have that policy anyways, because we have to have it for having the picking and everything else done. So. But yeah, everything's... Uh, Everything's got a fee to it, and spray's getting more expensive every year, of course. I don't know what they're adding to it, but... <laughs> huh. So and so you are not growing any of your fruit organically. It's all getting sprayed. You're doing, I guess, integrated pest management? I believe that, yeah, that'd be the word for it. It's definitely not, it's not organic, but, uh, you know, the, I guess I want you to get into the organic field there. It takes so many years. I think it's three years of, you know, yeah, to become certified organic. Anyway, it takes three years. The ground has to be completely wiped clean, so to speak, and and you start with no chemicals from there. So really, for us to become organic wouldn't even be feasible. You think it would just be too much of a hurdle to get over to uh, right to switch right. over? Exactly. <laughs> Cause then, so you'd be not spraying. You you think you'd be losing a lot of fruit to insects. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And then, but you wouldn't be getting the organic prices yet. Right. Exactly. Because you gotta yeah. wait. Yeah. They 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 make the money on that stuff. And I'm not saying nothing bad about organic food. It's it's great that there's that sort of a natural food out there. But um, yeah, that's that's a whole nother ball game when it comes to farming. <laughs> yeah, you gotta replace those sprays with something, labor. Exactly, right. Or, or spray it's more all often. Trade out. Yeah, a lot of the organic orchards. I know organic wheat. They actually spray it more often because there are certified organic sprays. 
that aren't exactly. as effective, so you got to use more of them. Yeah, that's right. And to, to have a coverage of that sort of, you know, if you're looking at the aspect of that, uh, you're talking about weed, did you say? Sure. Yeah, like a weed farm as opposed to a an orchard farm. You got a, a lot of times if it's an outdoor crop, you got your greenhouse or you got an outdoor crop and outdoor crops always exposed to more of the bugs of course more of the weather and so you're going to be dumping on whatever you can there to keep all those bugs out of there now to do that in an orchard you're going to be looking at you know one one tree as opposed to one plant you got five times the coverage on the tree as the plant so <laughs> oh yeah you got to hit it up down all sides yeah Huh, I'm not how, sure what exactly kind of a application or applicator they use on the plants, but I know we have a spray rig that we drive with the tractor and a PTO-driven spray rig that shoots out spray about uh, 30 feet in both directions at an arc, so it touches the top of the tree and, you know, kind of soaks the tree, really. <laughs> huh, and so where are you guys getting your water from? Uh, our, our, all our irrigation is in the pipe now. It used to actually be ditch water. Technically, it is still ditch water, but they have it in pipes. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have the Walla Walla River. That's the main river through our valley. Walla, like I said, the Walla Walla Valley. And uh, that is where we get primarily all of our irrigation water from. Otherwise, you're you're drilling a well and pumping out of there, but they only let you do that to a certain point. But you have a water right to some of that Walla Walla River water there. Yes, yes, we do. We have a, I'm not sure what the ditch name is that comes off of it, but it is a straight irrigation canal off of the Walla Walla River. Oh, and you just pump out of that then? Yep. And is that, is that getting more expensive? Do you got to pay for that water? We do. We pay a water right um, expense every year for a water right uh, just to, as long as you're using your water right, which just means as long as you're pumping the water from it, you can upkeep that water right, and it's just a yearly fee. And then you pay, of course, the electricity to pump it, you know, to run your pumps. So, yeah, and 11 acres. I know it's dry down there, so 11 acres, that's a lot of a lot of pumping, a lot of water. Yeah, yeah, it's just a lot of water being used. So is your farm then, I mean, you've got... You're talking about expanding, so do you have more water rights? That, I mean, you could actually expand and pump more water? If we needed it, um, we actually, we're covered on, as far as our irrigation system goes, we still have room for expansion off of the existing system. So we wouldn't necessarily need any, any to alter the, the water right or anything like that. Oh, okay. So you, you have as much as you can basically run through that one ditch in a way... Yeah, well, yeah, the way that they, um, like I said, they changed it into what used to be just ditch water that ran, literally ran by the property, and then you would pump out of the ditch. Now it's in pipes, so doing it that way, they've reservoired that water into a holding pond, basically, Mm -hmm. and then it's distributed out through pipes, which, you know, that conserves a lot of water that way, not losing all the water that, you know, on its way to you and then whatever happens to the water happens to it this way it's all in pipe and so it's distributed a lot better 
okay so they're not uh shutting you down you could pump more water than what you are now which is yeah no we're we're not uh the blue mountain beats the uh, walla walla river that's in local mountains and we're not in the drought necessarily right now by any means so until we get to a point to where it's becoming a drought i don't think we're ever gonna have to really deal with um them trying to shut us down as far as water goes we've been blessed in that way all right well it sounds like uh sounds like a big setup i mean I mean, 11 acres, okay, 11 acres of wheat, that's not much, but 11 acres of trees, you're keeping a lot of people busy. Yeah, potentially, we have, we have a, a crew that runs as far as picking goes, excuse me, as far as when picking starts, there's a crew of probably uh, 8 to 12 people who are here working most of the time, and that could be a six-hour day if it's going to be 100 degrees or if it stays down in the high 80s and it may be a 12-hour day. <laughs> you never know. For me, it seems like it's always a 14 or 15-hour day. <laughs> wow. Um, let me see. I know I got some more questions. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. You're talking about you're selling directly to schools. Now, you got in this farm-to-school direct program you're selling them fruit for the school lunches yeah and uh so is the price there it's a little lower than what you're paid to sell at the market right um yeah it's not quite a a resale thing there it's uh well you're selling in quantity of course the quality's got to be there but you're selling in a high quantity to the school and uh you do pay, I mean, everything that we send to the schools is just like what we send to the market, same good product. You have to sort everything as it comes out of the cooler, you know, then you stack it aside, so you get this thing sorted, it's a good thing, it could be taken to the school now. So you get, you know, you pay out a little bit more, so uh, we made a deal with the school, I think, uh, price by box, so I think it's a 25 pound box, what we're selling to them for X amount of dollars, I'm not even and what the price is. Not quite as high as you're going to get from going to market selling. Sure, but you have less expenses then, too. What was that? Oh, yeah, your phone's messing up. Is it? Are you on a speakerphone or something? I'm sorry. I'm outside, so the wind's kind of blowing out here. Oh, okay. You're getting a lot of wind. <laughs> what, what did you not catch that one? I, I was just saying... We, you don't quite get the price that you do um, uh, at the market for the school deal. It's not, not going to get quite that much. It's just by the box, by the pound, and I'm not sure what we're selling it to them for, but not quite the retail that you would get from selling a box of fruit at the market. Still, it's a good, and it's a good steady market. You got it. Got right. it lined up. Yeah, they have, uh, in that farm-to-school program, the school, uh, they apply for a... Uh, Grant basically to purchase the the produce. Okay, so, so they get to give you a little bit of a bonus over yeah, what, yeah. what they would pay normally for the food. Right. Well, what they do is they basically the schools just tell us you know how much money they have to work with, and then we work it out to where you know whatever they want to get from us, you know, x amount of dollars per box. 
for 25 pound boxes and that way we can kind of judge how long of a season we're going to have to sell to them of course our season starts now when school is not in session and so none of these products that we have right now would even be going to the school it's not until the end of august to september that stuff that we're picking then that's going to be when we start the school deal okay and do you have, so you've got sheds, sorting sheds, places to wash and pack and all that stuff on top of your 11 acres of trees. Well, no, it's, it's, I included that. that the two properties that, uh, that we have fruit on uh, also has a house on each property. So there's two properties. They're right across the road from one another here on County Road, Milton Freewater. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a house and the greenhouse on the side of the road that I'm standing on right now with the blackberries and a lot of the, all the plums are over here and some of the peaches and all the nectarines are over here and then across the road is uh, the other house and then also more peaches and the white peaches are over there and uh, yeah and then also um, there's an old barn that we converted into a cooler, a walk-in cooler and that's, we have two other coolers that are also over there in a the packing shed. So you can store stuff, but not for very long, maybe a couple weeks at most, huh? Oh, you can store stuff. Um, it, it's all set up for long-term storage, but the stuff that we grow, uh, as far as the stone fruit that we have here, the peaches, you're going to have a lot shorter shelf life than, say, the plums, whereas plums we could keep for months. And they won't go bad at all. Oh, really? So you pick them maybe slightly green, put them in the cooler, and you can have them months from now still? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the timing is everything. It really is. And uh, you want to pick something that's going to be ripe enough that you can take it to the market and you're able to give somebody a, a ripe peach, you know what I mean, uh, without having to pick it so ripe, though, that it's only going to make it to one market just in case you don't sell it, you know? Because sure. once it gets reintroduced into the heat from the cooler, the ripening process restarts on it, and once it goes back into the cooler again, then it's going to become something that's not so enjoyable or likable after that. It's going to come back out of the cooler and kind of be mush or tasteless. Or, sure. So you, it really, timing is everything. And How to get it just right. Yep. Well, I, and I, and knowing how much you're going to probably maybe sell at the market too, so you're not taking a lot back. And then you have to sort that again. So that's the thing we're still trying to uh, still trying to perfect, I guess you could say. But it's never a really thing that you can perfect. It's just something you got to try to guess. Well, I will attest. So I bought I bought uh, you know full disclosure here. I bought some peaches on Saturday. Yeah. And the one on top was perfect and ripe and juicy and just perfect in fact it was just all getting on the edge it had a little you know had a little bruise on it maybe but yeah it was soft but oh it was juicy and so good and all the rest of them so i had one today now it's a couple days later and i had one and it was ripe and but the rest of them not so it's they're still hard huh yeah, hard. You know, not not perfect yet. Yeah, I'll be. I'll probably be eating them tomorrow or the next day. But and you leave those on the countertop. Yeah, I just have them on the yeah. Counter. Yeah, that's that's a good idea. Eat a couple. A lot of people day. take them and put them right back into their refrigerator at home, and then 
still, you know, like I said, and you reintroduce them back out into the warm weather and the ripening process starts again, but you don't leave them on the countertops and it's hard to get them right. <laughs> yeah, so you kind of lose quality when you re-refrigerate them, huh? Exactly, yeah. Unless it's something that is already ripe, I mean, you can re-refrigerate that, then when you take it back out, you want to immediately be using it or eating it, obviously. So I was wondering if you guys, do you do any value added with your fruit? Uh, you know, make make jams or jellies or dry fruit or fruit leather? Or do you do any of that stuff commercially? Or? Um, not not commercially per se. We've we've done some dehydrating. Um, really just started getting into the dehydrating thing. But uh, we've always made some jams and stuff like that at the house. Jams and jellies, just homemade for ourselves and we were actually allowed to sell that at the market if uh it's prepared in your own kitchen they say uh it's able to be sold at the market as your product i mean which is the only way we do it here but um we've never have ever retailed any of the stuff that we made it's always just been kind of distributed amongst the family for just to have i guess (laughs) i mean that might be a way to get a little more money out of the crop i guess fruit that Fruit that you might not be able to sell otherwise, cut it up. Absolutely, yeah. But it's no, a lot you're of right. work. Yeah, it's, it's, and that's really all it is. is um, it just takes a little more time to be able to do that. and you know, Making jam is not a hard thing to do, but it does take a little more material and a little more time, and that's just something that we tend to run short on in the farming. Huh. So if you had more time, you might do it, or if you're more desperate for money, maybe. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. Um, but we always try to make some jam because we uh, like to have that in the cupboards all year round instead of having to buy whatever from the store because we already have that. You know, If you have it, you might as well use it. So it would be kind of a sad deal to me if we didn't have any homemade jam in the cooler and we have all these fruits there on the trees all summer long that we can, we can do that with. Yeah, you got you to gotta have something for January. Right, exactly. Remember the summer. All right, well, that kind of is a perfect lead into my last question. Sure. And my last question is, what local food that was really good have you eaten lately? What local food? Yeah, what did you eat that was really good, local? Uh, well, I eat local food all the time that I love. Um, I'm not really much into going to the franchise, you know, McDonald's type restaurants and and fast food joints. I eat local food all the time. I go to a local sub shop here in town that they buy actually vegetables from one of my best friends who lives on a farm. And uh, I'm not exactly sure where they get their meat from, but I'm pretty sure it's fairly local. And uh, that's probably one of my best best references is the sub shop here in Milton Freewater, local sandwiches. Okay, and they're and they're using the local lettuce. Well, yeah, and down there it's kind of a salad bowl, fruit bowl kind of an area. Yeah, absolutely. And they make their own chilies and stuff like that for their soups. Yeah, it's pretty good. All right. Well, it sounds pretty good. Well, Wayne Williams, Key Family Fruit Farms. I want to thank you for joining us on the Local Food Roundup. All right. Thank you, Chris. And um, I'll be seeing you at the market, I guess. You'll be coming all the way through to October, it sounds like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure if I'll be there next weekend or not, but I know Gordon will be. 
um, I kind of get passed around uh, to go to different markets. Sometimes I'm in La Grande on Saturdays or Walla Walla. Depends on kind of what's going on with everybody else. So, but I'll definitely see you before the year's over. That's for sure. Okay. Well, yeah. That's that. That reminds me. Of one more question. Now, the farm has to be the farmer, and you're in the family, so you count. Uh, the Moscow Farmers Market. You got to be. You got to be. You can't just be an employee coming and selling right. the stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Are all the other markets like that? Not all of them, no. We've actually gone to um, that one in Portland, per se. We didn't have anybody that was in the family going to that one until uh, myself and Gordon both went down there. And uh, they were totally fine with that. That's just something that I think the Moscow Farmer's Market has in their rules that the, the grower has to be present at the market. Okay. And the same with that 150-mile limit. Not everybody has that either. No, nope, not that. Not, not everybody has that one either. All right. Well, thanks a we're lot glad. for your time. We're and glad that we're within the margins on that one, though. The, the Moscow Farmers Market is a great market. Yeah, and we appreciate, you know, you're coming from a di slightly different climate, you're bringing us fruit. We're, we will have some peaches, but not for a little while. You know, you're bringing us peaches, so we appreciate right. it. Yeah, absolutely. All well, right. Thank you. Well, thank you, and we'll see you at the market. All right, sounds good. All right, I'll talk to you Bye -bye. later. Uh, hey, one more thing. Bye-bye. You still there? Oh, is he still there? I was going to tell you how to get it online. Never mind. Nope.